heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? On RSN's Racing Pulse, this is The Verdict. Claymore moves up on the outside, wants to lug in with Red Sun Sensation. They go together, followed by Mac 2 at the 100. It's Claymore just in front of Red Sun Sensation. Claymore surges a half length in front, and Claymore wins it. Claymore from Red Sun Sensation. Uh, what a moment it was for Gemma Riley, and that is without doubt, despite the Group One races, the Maccas racing moment of the week for us here on the Verdict. And you've got thirty days, thirty deals back at Maccas, a new deal every day for all of November, like twenty percent off all over orders over ten dollars. You won't want to miss these deals only on the My Maccas app. There would have been plenty of Maccas shouted on Saturday night after <laughs> Claymore won the Country Cup final. What a beautiful ride it was from Carleen Heffel, who didn't panic when she was caught out wide and it was just too strong and Gemma joins us. Morning Gemma, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Hi boys, how are we? Good Gem. Um, celebration wise, how, how far did we go on Saturday <laughs> night? Oh, not very far. I went about 100 metres from my house. We went down to the uh, SP, my local, but yeah, we gave it a good nudge. Guess in St Kilda. Yeah, love it. Ah, excellent, excellent. I didn't know you were a, sort of an inner city dweller. I am a city girl. Yep. I uh, well, obviously trained at Caulfield and then, uh, yeah, Pakenham's been a bit of a hit to my social life, so that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fair commute down from St Kilda <laughs> Way to Pakenham. 56 minutes when you're travelling on pace in the morning. Crikey. I remember going there during COVID to Pakenham because we had a, some dispensation to go and there was there, everything was boarded up in the nearby town and there was a bloke sitting on a balcony with a you know with a banjo or something. So it's a... Yeah, what? No, no, Pakenham? No, no I surprise. Can't, I can't wait till you get to the Pakenham region no, now. No surprise that you've retained your inner city <laughs> residence. Yeah. Electricity now, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's good for the horses. They love it. They get around it. Uh, but I'd prefer to, to live out this way. Gee, um, there's an SMS that's come through here, which quite um, is ironic after what Matt just said. Come on, guys, you're embarrassing yourself, you city slickers. Get out of the city and you'll really find out what we country folk like to do and how we dress. So there you go, Matt. I think that was directed at you. Yes. No, well, it's definitely you, you cop that, Matt. But I'm, I'm all oh, for I'm that. I'm just saying. Stuff. Well, I was saying they like to dress up, is what I was saying. And Gemma, you might you will have noticed this at the Country Cups, and we're talking about the Roma Cup, where all the the younguns were there, all dressed up, and you know this talk about relaxed racing. But I, I find that the young. We're getting off the off the t- subject a bit, but I find that um, when you go out the bush, uh, when there's a once a year like a big social event like a race winning, I think they do like to dress up, don't they? Oh yeah, we travelled. We went to Coleraine, which is as far as you want to really go, isn't it? And um, there was plenty of people there dressed up. All the girls had their fascinators on, makeup, everything going on, and the boys were suited up. So I don't think it matters where you are. I think uh, people do put in an effort. It's a fancy day out, and they like to get around it. Tell us about Claydmore. Gemma, where did this horse come from? I'm looking back to yearling sales and it was passed in. How did you come across this horse? Uh, so, Lenny Russo purchased this horse for a client uh, as a pin hook. And um, I think they bought him for, I think it was 80000 You'll have to Google it to get the exact amount. But it's around the 80000 mark. Mm. Uh, a Dundee Colt out of a Choice Mare, so the best possible cost you can come across uh, for Dundee. 
And he, yeah, he passed in. I think he passed in. I think his reserve was 70. No one came back uh, or rang for him afterwards. And I just happened to uh, meet Rennie's uh, clients on our way to Magic Moons uh, in Perth one year. And I just said, oh, look, I find it pretty easy to sell horses. If uh, any of your horses pass in, give me a call. Um, if I like it, I'm happy to sell it for you. And he rang me and he had Claymore. I went up and had a, a look at him. He was extremely naughty. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the way carrying on at the sales i could um i could see why he passed in but no he was probably a little bit small at that time but then we took him on and within six months he looked like a beast so um yeah we got him for i think it was maybe around sixty thousand. i ended up syndicating him for so it wasn't a lot of money but he sold within sort of two weeks and he's been in my system ever since well it's been a great success story i just want to ask you about the lens you see racing through because you wear a couple of hats now and so does Amy Yagi and so does Charlotte Littlefield with the the work you're doing for racing.com and you're seeing it a little bit through a media lens and and not necessarily a a, a participant lens do you a do you enjoy it b do you is it sort of essential given it's hard to earn a decent crust as a trainer and does it give you a different angle as the way you see the sport uh early on it's did, yes. Um, it is, you know, my job as an interviewer is, like, I have a few, um, you know, young people that I got on that aren't that exposed to media that I got on for some interviews on Derby Day, and they're a little bit sort of anxious, and, oh, don't make us look like a fool. And I, I said to them, you know, my job is to make you look like the star, to bring positivity, to shine light on you. So if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing my job right. So it does force you to look at all the positive aspects of the industry um, and even the correspondent role that I was doing down in the Gibson region. It's so hard not to, you know, vibe and feel everyone's happy energy when you're there firsthand interviewing the trainer as soon as the horse wins and the jockey as soon as the horse. It's hard not to be happy for them. It's no longer really a competition. When you're against them, you know, it's a competition. But when you're watching it all unfold and you've got nothing to do with it all, it's really, uh, it's different. You, yeah, you, you, you look at everything very, very positively. Between yourself and Amy and Charlotte and also Jane Ivel, we've got female voices in that broadcast that, are active participants. You know, none of you are retired or did your best work 15 years ago or anything like that. You are in the game right here, right now. So that's the other thing you bring with your voice is actual user knowledge. You're, you're at the coalface right now and, and you understand what the challenges are to those people that you get on camera. Uh, yeah, well, the feedback has been really good. Uh, there's been a lot of positive feedback from big players in the industry who I didn't think would even send out messages saying, you know, really enjoy uh, your interviews and your insight. Um, it's very different. So, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's only positive to be in it. For, I mean, because, well, I've been a jockey. I've uh, been, I've sort of been everything. Um, I was, I've been travelling foreman, used to represent Mick Price um, in his interviews. So I kind of understand as well what it's like to be, I guess, either a foreman or, you know, a senior stable hand. And you don't want to throw them silly questions. It's got to make them look silly as well. So I guess I've got a softer approach for those guys too. But, yeah, being a trainer, I've had, I've been in sort of all different angles. So it, it certainly helps um, when you've got a good understanding. And it's easy when you're a trainer to have a, a sort of a bleak outlook because you're, you're short-staffed, you're working hard, you're up early, you're writing your own work, and it can actually see your view of racing through a slightly um, distorted way, I think. Like, the, the trainers 
uh, they're a difficult group in a way because they they've, they've they're, there's a lot of self-interest and a lot of them are, are sort of a bit depressed half the time. So uh, I, I think it's important. Like it's great that you and the other two are are seeing it through a, a slightly different lens because it is easy to be a bit a bit bleak when you're a trainer, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's a tough game um, and it's something that I've tried to bring up numerous times. I've even had big chats with uh, Andrew Jones around this and there's some people that are still living in, there's some trainers that are still living in like 1850 and they're really fighting, they're really pushing back, um, mm. trying to change the start time. But you can't operate at capacity when you're exhausted and everyone is exhausted in the industry, you can't think clearly. Um, I think some people are just too scared to change and adjust. Um, but I think if they did adjust things, uh, you know, the training partnerships has become a big sort of thing now. Kieran was a trailblazer for that and everyone's followed his suits. They follow him everywhere. Kieran, and why wouldn't you? He's elite. Um, but, yeah, I've been big on this for a long time. Um, work-life balance, uh, I popped onto it a few years ago. And, and um, you can achieve it as a trainer without someone doing it for you. Like, a lot of trainers are a bit reluctant to take it upon themselves to adjust their own lifestyles. Mm. Uh, yeah, a lot of them are control freaks and, um, oh, look, I've been a control freak in the past. I probably still am, but you've just got to find the right people that you trust. Um, and people that think the same way as you do. If you, you know, employ people in senior roles that don't think along the same way that you do, or have a completely different understanding of training or training styles and you're just going to butt heads the whole time. So you've just got to find the right people. What was that moment like for you, Gemma? Because we, we spoke, uh, I think on Thursday or Friday about how you specifically off the back of what you've just been talking about, have tailored your training um, establishment around only having uh, a handful of horses because you don't want to go too big. Uh, they're all your individual pets that you love them. But to win a half a million dollar race on a Saturday, a feature race, uh, it was great pictures on dot-com post-race. But what was that moment like? Oh, it was crazy. I was there with Brooke and we looked at each other when he was coming down the... Uh, the last straight there, and he was. <laughs> we looked at each other and we said, "Oh, he's chucking like Mooney Valley. He's right in this." And he was. <laughs> he was not as bad as Mooney Valley. <laughs> he was really pulling that day. He had his tongue out the side. And anyway, um, yeah, it was pretty loose, wasn't it? I took a long time to come back to the media to start getting interviewed because I was almost throwing up and I was a bit overwhelmed. So I needed to <laughs> and, and, and you've got to be true to what you said. Remember you said all the staff are going to get a decent whack up out of this. So just yeah. remember that. Oh, they already know. They yeah. get they, um, they get kicked back from any horses that are first to third. So this hmm. is obviously no different. They're well looked after. They know I appreciate them. Uh, there's an SMS saying, hey, what day are you shouting the Garfield Hotel? <laughs> I haven't been in the Garfield Hotel in a long time, actually. Um, were, you, were you asked not to return? Or? <laughs> it's a good spot, the Garfield Hotel. <laughs> I wasn't. I just, uh, I've just been busy. Got a lot on. Hey, what do you do uh, with Claymore now? He's the sort of horse that uh, he bounces back very quickly. So, look, he's been up 11 starts, but uh, he's probably only going to have a three-week break. There's no injuries there whatsoever, so he doesn't need any time to repair in that sense. So he'll just have three weeks. He'll get right back on his toes um, with the three weeks off. And I've just got to see what these boys, uh, the handicappers, rate him. I had a big chat with them uh, leading into this. It's a bit of a different race. I'm hoping six points. It might be a little bit more. Like, Banker's Choice was pretty high up there. So there's a high, you know, some good horses in there. So they might rate me a bit higher. But the initial plan was I want to try and get Victorian Country Horse of the Year with him, which is well and truly on his way. But wouldn't mind securing that. But, um, yeah, he was got to head to the Valley end of January 1st up in a mile, then Colac Cup, 
launch the thin cup Adelaide cup system out the 3200 and then little freshen back mm. to the Warnable cup. That was his uh, next program. And it'll be something similar to that depending on the rating. That, that'll, we, we really want to see him at the 3200 um, and a heavy 10, 23, whatever the Warnable cup is, that'll be about right up his alley. He's a brilliant heavy track horse. So uh, that's his prep. And then he's going to have a good spell after May. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope they could tempt you down to Tasmania. It'd be a beautiful horse to take down there for those cups and such yeah. good money too down there. Yeah, he would. It'd just be, you know, whether we could get a flight. There's only 11 days between uh, Launceston Cup and uh, Adelaide Cup, so we'd need to be getting a flight directly from Launceston to Adelaide. It's probably a bit much to, to boat him back and then truck him over. So it uh, just depends on how logistically it works. Um, and, and if the, I mean... Like getting ahead of ourselves here, let's let's do that because it's free to dream. Heavy ten last year in the Sydney Cup. If the Sydney Cup happened to look like it's going to be heavy, like I would venture that way if you could. Yeah, mm. it's mm. Look like why not? Uh, you got a horse who's uh, uh, just improving every time he goes to the track. Uh, you've done a great. Yeah, yeah. You've done a great job with him, Gemma. Well done. Thank you.